Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Brainwaves. Hear the world differently. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio, Wednesdays at 5pm for Brainwaves, Melbourne's drive-time radio show, giving voice to people with mental illness. One in five have a mental illness, but five in five can enjoy this great program, featuring heartwarming stories, great information and some laughs as well. Find us at 3CR, 8.55 on your AM dial. Sponsored by Mental Illness Fellowship of Victoria. Good afternoon all. Welcome to another exciting episode of Brainwaves. Uh, today in the studio we have myself, Mark, twiddling the knobs and dials, and, and uh, Kathy and uh, Kate, uh, our team members. Welcome, girls. Thanks, Hi, Mark. Mark. Cheers. And our guest today is Michelle Graber, the CEO of ArcVic, the Anxiety Recovery Centre of Victoria. And Michelle's here to discuss the programs and services assisting people suffering from a range of anxiety disorders. So welcome, Michelle. Thank you for having me. Hi, Michelle. Uh, can you please tell us about ARCVIC? Sure. Um, the Anxiety Recovery Centre has actually been around historically for about 25 years. Uh, we're a small statewide service, um, a not-for-profit organisation, um, and we provide assistance to anyone that's living with anxiety uh, disorders in Victoria, as well as providing a service for anyone that might be supporting somebody that's living with an anxiety disorder or OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. Yep, so um, anyone can come in who's just a, like a carer or um, it doesn't have to be someone just suffering from anxiety. No, it can be anybody yep. um, and quite often sometimes we all, I have an open door policy so yep. we're based here in um, Surrey Hills actually um, but a statewide service um, and I'd like to think that anybody that would like to come in and just, uh, we have a library um, and I often say to people just to call in and have a cup of tea and a bicky or something and come and have a look at our library and uh, there'll always be somebody there to have, uh, to have a chat with and have some assistance and we can provide them with some, some information and support. Could you tell us a little bit about the services you provide, Michelle? I know there's a fairly broad range of services on offer through ARCVIC. Uh, yes, that's right, Kate. Um, probably the primary uh, core services that we provide um, is our OCD and anxiety helpline. So anyone uh, that might be in need of support, uh, perhaps looking for a referral, or perhaps even just having a bad day, can uh, ring our helpline between the hours of 10 and 4 um, on Monday to Friday and I often have a little joke saying we only we only have anxiety between the hours of 10 and 4 and Monday to Friday, we don't have it any other time. We'd like to be available for longer um, but they, people can always leave a message and uh, happy to get back to people. Um, so that's the helpline. We often have... Um, uh, it's manned, uh, we have two shifts of, of volunteers. We couldn't do what we do without our volunteers. We have about 189 volunteers that support ARCVIC services. And we also run a number of support groups across Victoria. So we have about 26 support groups currently operating across Victoria, not just metropolitan-based, but also regional. So we've got a support group at Wodonga, uh, Geelong, Ballarat, um, out at Traralgon, um, and we also run some very specific support groups around specific types of anxiety disorders as well. Before we go any further, could you just let us let, let the listeners know what they can expect if they do ring the helpline? Look, um, if they 
ring the helpline, quite often they'll get a, a very friendly voice saying, um, you know, that they've rung the anxiety helpline and how would you like us to help you today? Sometimes people, um, and they, I think what people sometimes forget it is even if they're just having a bad day, um, it's not uncommon for people to perhaps going through a panic attack and somebody just wanting uh, to ring and speak to have somebody's voice to walk them through some techniques to get past that panic attack, whether they be at work or whether they be at home. Um, for other people, it might be just the fact that they're really struggling um, and having uh, just being in a really dark place and trying to get, um, you know, get beyond that. Um, or perhaps they're struggling with work issues or perhaps family issues and feeling um, a little bit, um, you know, that people don't actually understand what's going on for them. So there's a number of reasons that they might ring the helpline. So the person on the other end of the helpline would be there to talk the person through it as well as referring on to other other services and, and referring to professionals. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Anxiety Recovery Centre has a referral database. So we have, um, I'm not quite sure how many... Uh, people we have on our database at the moment, quite a few, but we have, uh, I, I suppose there's um, a sense of uh, confidence that anyone that's on our database, they have to fill out an eight-page application form. We want to make sure that we have people on our database that have um, some experience in the anxiety disorders. It's very easy to look at the Australian Psychological Society and pick up and look at their, their database, but everybody will say they have experience in lots of things, and sometimes that's not always the case from, our, uh, from what callers tell us. Right. Um, so we have uh, psychologists, counsellors, psychiatrists that have specific experience, say, in trichotillomania or um, it might be obsessive-compulsive disorder, um, social anxiety, generalised anxiety, post-traumatic stress and so on. So we ha- And we would always give people at least three referrals if possible because we're not in a position where we could say who is going to be best suited to them. That's for them to make that decision for themselves but we would provide three names and uh, contact details and then they are then able to go and make those inquiries themselves. We also give people a list of perhaps some um, questions to ask the therapist as well so some of those could be around the costs that are involved with that whether they need a mental health care plan um, what would be reasonable for them to expect out of their their um, their treatment and so on. Mm-hmm. So there's a list of other sort of resources that they might be able to help them when they go to see somebody. Sounds fantastic. And um, can you please tell us about the support group? Um, say, for example, I mean, personally, I have sort of thought about going a few times, but mm. I, I guess I've been a bit scared yeah, look, and that's a very common response from people even that might ring up the helpline that are interested in going to a support group um, but perhaps not quite sure what to expect. And they're happy to ring, you know, they're more than willing to, you know, if they want to ring the helpline and we can talk them through that as well. Um, with our support groups, we always have two facilitators. So two um, support group facilitators are trained um, and because everyone's personality is different as well and we always like to make sure that people feel welcome. Um, so uh, when they come to a support group, um, quite often uh, we might have, uh, they come together. We'll also have a, a, a session where we'll sit around, um, sometimes it's usually in a circle, and we'll talk about some guidelines and we'll talk about guidelines that would make people feel emotionally and physically safe. 
Um, it's really important uh, that ArtVic creates a really safe uh, environment for somebody and um, and we want to do what we can um, in order to make people feel comfortable. So we could talk through some guidelines and some of those might be around confidentiality, some of those might be around, um, you know, uh, respecting people's views um, that we use the I language and not the should language. We're not there to give advice to other people but just to talk from our experience of what we've found helpful. Um, and then we might go through and we'll do a session where people are happy to share what might be going on for them, whether it be over a period of a month or the last week or is there something particularly that they were wanting to share and that they're comfortable in sharing. So we also talk about um, being careful not to overshare if people are sitting in perhaps come for the first time and they don't want to talk, that's perfectly fine too, so they can pass. Um, I remember quite a few years ago I had uh, a person who came for the first time and he came with a partner, so that's also another option for people. They can bring someone to support them. They don't have to turn yeah, up on their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and sometimes that can be nice to break the ice as well, having somebody there to support you. So that's um, certainly open to anybody that would like to do that. Um, and he didn't talk for a whole year. He just came along and listened to people's stories. He was more comfortable talking to people when we had a break, but in talking in front of other people was very confronting for him. Um, but now he actually runs one of the support groups, and that's four years later, which is really lovely to hear. It's amazing to hear. Mm. And um, these support groups, are they on every week? Um Look, for the, it's probably best to check out our website or ring the helpline. Yep. Most support groups run um, once a month. Uh, there are a couple of support groups that run every fortnight. And there's also some support groups that are very specific about certain uh, anxiety disorders as well. Yep. Historically, when we started support groups, they were very generic. So anybody that was um, living with anxiety, whether it be generalised social anxiety, OCD, etc., could come to the one group. But what we were hearing is that people weren't really, um, were feeling that uh, people weren't really understanding what was going on for them. So then they were asking for us to run some very specific support groups. So now we have some support groups specifically for social anxiety, for example, specifically for OCD. Uh, we also have a, a group for transgender people that are suffering from anxiety as well, um, as well as trichotillomania. So there's a number of different types of support groups and they can always check out the website or ring the helpline. And um, you have a re re what is it, retreat program that... Uh, in addition to the other our core services, some of the things I think the nice thing with Artvic is because we've been such a small organisation that we've had uh, the freedom, if you like, to respond to gaps in services or things that people perhaps uh, feel are missing. And one of the things that came up for people was uh, we actually now run uh, recovery programs. Uh, the recovery programs tend to be uh, a series of program like a group therapy sessions um, that might go for five weeks or uh, eight weeks depending on what program that is but we also run retreats which you alluded to and the retreat is going away for uh, two nights and three days which some people might think is pretty anxiety provoking in itself mm. going away with yep. people they don't know and going to a place they don't know but one of the things that um, is something that's it's quite um uh, I always get very humbled when I've been running the retreat because one of the things that I see is all these people that are very scared to come uh, on the first day and they go away and it's almost like this person's been a part of their life for a very long time and it's because they resonate with uh, what's being, you know, that they've 
they've all of a sudden met somebody who has walked a similar path to them and that in itself is very validating and something that's very empowering for them. Um, and we spend the weekend where they're very interactive, there's a lot of workshops and uh, people have the opportunity then to go away and, um, and hopefully have a new uh, opportunity to put that into practice. What has been the feedback from people who go to the, um, these retreat, recovery retreat programs? Probably the most, um, the, the feedback that we have is that it was really nice to meet somebody um, that has the same thing that I have yep. or has had similar experiences to me. Um, I remember running a, a, a retreat for trichotillomania about three years ago and we had a young girl who was 18 uh, to leave her family, to come from WA. We had people from all over Australia come to a retreat in Victoria and this particular young girl had never met anybody who had trichotillomania. Um, and so for her to be all of a sudden in a room of, um, you know, there was uh, 12 other women or young, young people uh, with trichotillomania and that for herself was the highlight uh, to be able to know that she wasn't alone. And could you just explain for the audience what trichotillomania is? Trichotillomania is a hair pulling disorder, so it's related to the OCD um, spectrum, if you like, because of the anxiety and the compulsiveness of finding that that hair that um, gives them a, a, a you know the, a, a sensation. Uh, so they keep looking, and it might be that they're pulling their hair, pulling their eyelashes uh, potentially, or their eyebrows. Um, but that was, again, it was probably an example that's very specific that there's nothing, and I can tell you there's very little happening in Australia uh, for trichotillomania or body dysmorphic disorder or OCD for that, ex- you know, for example. It's very hard to find specialists. It's very hard to find support or find organisations um, that, um, you know, uh, work in those areas. So um, Artvic was, uh, is, has been pretty universal in in bringing together and running a support group for trichotillomania for almost four years now. Um, and we run a retreat every year um, because it's so hard for them to find therapists or um, psychologists or psychiatrists with, with uh, that sort of expertise who will know how to treat trichotillomania. Well, look, uh, we might just take a quick break now to go to a community service announcement. We'll be back with you in just a couple of minutes. Do you want to get in contact with a socially progressive audience and diverse communities? Are you organising a forum, concert, festival, rally, call-out or film screening and want to let people know? Unlike other community radio stations, 3CR doesn't have commercial advertising, but we do offer not-for-profit, community and government organisations a chance to connect with 3CR's diverse and lively audience. Go to www.3cr.org.au and find out about our very affordable community announcements. Or call 3CR on 9419 8377 and get your event on air. Welcome back to Brainwaves on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. Uh, today we have in the studio Michelle Graver, the CEO of ArcVic, talking about some of the programs and services that are available through ArcVic for people suffering from a range of anxiety disorders. But just before we go back to our discussion, I've just got a little announcement uh, on behalf of us at Brainwaves. Uh, we're doing a recruitment drive at the moment, so if you're interested in radio and you want to be a voice for mental health, our program, Brainwaves, is looking for volunteers right now. Volunteers must have a lived experience of mental illness, be passionate about social justice issues and want to raise awareness of mental health in the community. So if you are interested, contact us at brainwaves at 
mifellowship.org. That's brainwaves at mifellowship.org. I'll spell MI Fellowship, M-I-F-E-L-L-O-W-S-H-I-P.org. So uh, you'll be welcome to, uh, to apply and we'd be really happy to hear from you. We'll go back now to Michelle and the girls interviewing. Michelle, welcome back. Um, could you tell us a little about the groups that are coming up for Arctic this year? Sure. Um, I mentioned before that we run a number of different recovery programs uh, for people living with anxiety. And one of the things that is quite exciting for us, because um, I suppose historically we've been doing this for about 10 years, and we try to do it at low cost, because sometimes that can be a barrier for actually people seeking help in the first place. Um, so a lot of our recovery programs historically have been try- we've have uh, quite low cost compared to, uh, like, I think, for example, it might be about 180 for six weeks compared to another program that might be running for $680. Sure. Um, but we do actually have a mindfulness for anxiety that's actually run by Dr. Wendy Knight, um, and people are able to access that. That's actually, um, we're able to bulk bill that, um, and they all that all that's required is they need to go to their doctor and get a mental health care plan. Um, the first one's actually been booked out, and we're already getting a lot of inquiries for the second one. Um, um, we also have uh, Dr. Craig Hassett, who is a bit of a guru when it comes to mindfulness as well, and his uh, mindfulness uh, courses have been very well received. We've been running them for a number of years, and that books out very quickly. So if anyone's interested in those, they're welcome to ring the helpline or check out our website. Um, one of the other things that probably is we're quite excited about is we're now running an OCD workshop uh, in conjunction with Swinburne University. Um, and people may be aware that there was a program called Stop um, for OCD sufferers, which tend to go for a long period of time. And sometimes people would have all good intentions and want to come along, but perhaps not well enough to continue uh, because of the duration of the course. And so we've looked at trying to uh, provide some sort of content that's going to be helpful, but in short modules or short segments. So the course goes for four, there's actually four workshops. And if they want to just come along to the first one and not well enough to continue to the second, third or fourth, then they can come back in and start at the second one if they wish. Um, so we've just started doing, we ran the first one at the end of last year and we're about to second uh, start our second one on the 18th of uh, April which is uh, next week so if people were interested it is going to be happening on a Saturday Uh, it starts on April the 18th uh, 18th, and goes from 10 o'clock to 1 o'clock most of the sessions there's four modules that I mentioned and both are about two hours so the idea is they come along they get some education about um, OCD and what to do and then they go home and do some homework in between and then come back and come along to the second module so that's quite exciting and we did get some really good feedback with that last time um, another couple of things that are coming up as well we're running a parenting anxious children workshop we run a number of sessions out sometimes have done them within schools um, but also in community organizations and councils and it's talking to parents about how do you go about managing um, a child that might hi- have heightened levels of anxiety what can we what's helpful what's not helpful where do we go for help um, so we'll be running a couple of those workshops also out in Shepparton and Wodonga, Albury region, in the next week, which I'm really pleased to announce. Um, but we've also got one coming up on the 21st of April in Mitcham here in Melbourne. So if anyone's interested in that or interested in perhaps hosting one, please give us a call um, at the Anxiety Recovery Centre and we'll be happy to talk to them about that. And Michelle, could you maybe speak to some of the barriers to participation that we touched on? Mm -hmm. And I'd be really interested to hear how ARCVIC approaches 
the um, approach of stigma with anxiety and the work you do around that? Yeah, look, I think it's an interesting question, Kate, because I think there's a lot of people these days that would be more willing to admit that they perhaps have had um, a living with depression and anxiety or perhaps even don't identify that they have anxiety um, because of the lack of awareness around anxiety. Um, And uh, there's, I I guess, some of the other barriers. So there's a lot of stigma associated with seeking help to start off with, the fact that I should be coping with this, why am I not able to cope with this, what's normal, what's not normal, what's... um, so some of those things, uh, you know, it, it might be helpful to talk through on the helpline as well. Um, I wish I had a gold coin for everybody that rang our helpline and thought they were the only person that was living with anxiety. Uh, when I had a, I was running a, a, a community workshop out at um, a regional Gippsland area, actually, and this guy who was 63 had been living with social anxiety most of his life, or he resonated with the social anxiety, but had never seeked any help ever. Um, and to the point where he wouldn't share that even with his wife um, or felt he couldn't go to the doctor because he thought he was just different um, and that it was just something that he had. Um, So I think, you know, the benefits of being able to talk to people about seeking help, talking to your doctor firstly um, and letting people know that it's okay and that help is available. It's not as scary perhaps for some people as it might seem. Um, and also there's the people may not know even know that they're able to access a mental health care plan through their doctor. Uh, that doesn't surprise me when we hear the helpline. A lot of people are unaware that they can access 10 individual sessions and 10 group sessions um, by just going to a, a doctor and getting a mental health care plan. And that's really important because sometimes uh, just the, having the financial capacity to access treatment can be uh, a huge mm. barrier to seeking help and not wanting to burden their family um, or, or their loved ones. Michelle, the, a thing mm. that occurs to me then um, as a male is, is mm. uh, that that um, sense of unpreparedness to share experience of, of anxiety, it's not a... It's not a it's not a male kind of a thing. The archetypal male is, mm. is is meant to be completely, you know, oblivious to anxiety, and and certainly we all experience it. Mm. But in terms of uh, of coming out and saying it to someone, it's seen, um, and it shouldn't be seen, but it is seen as a weakness. Mm-hmm. And and of course, it's not. It's a human emotion, and mm-hmm. it's something that's happening happening within a person. And uh, I think when you speak about that man, that sixty three year old who had lived in that self imposed trap. Mm. Um, I can really relate to that, and I'm sure many, many men, particularly of an older generation, <laughs> mm. um, like myself, can relate to that. We 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 were brought up to be suck it up, keep yeah. going, carry, yeah. get on with it, kind of thing, yeah. until it becomes an impasse. So I, I think that's uh, for anyone out there listening. Um, it's it really isn't a weakness; it's a human human emotion that can get out of whack, really. Absolutely, and it's something you can learn to manage. And um, I'm glad that you brought that up because uh, what's interesting uh, from our perspective is that when I first started with Artvik about eight years ago, uh, if I looked at the people that are accessing our support groups and our helplines, the majority of them were female. 70% 70% female, 30% male. I just did the stats the other day and out of all of 26 support groups, 30% of those are female and 70 plus of were, were male now that are accessing support groups. So I think that's kind of changing, which is great. Wonderful news. Really yeah. good. And, I, and when I've gone, I always try to get around to as many of the support groups as I can mm. um, because I like to be able to have that personal connection and, and just make people feel welcome. Um, and a majority of them are men. 
And I think that's wonderful that mm. people are actually coming out and being able to talk about that can be quite liberating and quite empowering. Yeah, and stigma busting. Which Absolutely. Is the whole area of mental health, uh, I think it's, it, it, it's the biggest sort of clag in the system is this sense of stigmatisation and, yeah. uh, and, and putting your hand up to say, I've got a problem with this. It's becoming unworkable. How could I, how could I deal with it? And I think you also mentioned about uh, the peer support that you have within your group, which is something that I certainly resonate with. Mm-hmm. If you can talk with someone who has had experiences that in some way or another are similar to your own, that empathy is an automatic sort of um, byproduct of that. And it opens opens people's hearts, you know, mm. because it's not a one-way street. You're not there being told. Well, I think it puts that human element, that human face to anxiety, mm. um, to know that they're not alone and that other people have gone through similar situations or a similar path and have managed to mm. um, manage their condition or perhaps improve their life in some way. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, the amount of people that perhaps are more prepared, we talk about stigma before, if they're not coping uh, perhaps in a workforce, um, that they're more prepared to hand in their resignation than they are to actually say, put their hand up and say, look, you know what, I think I need some help. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think it's really important that we with that we do stress that there are there is um, help available um, and uh, that there are people that are willing to listen and so and just support you through the you know the the tough well the human condition days. absolutely <laughs> it really is a human condition and it can be a real maze trying to you know navigate your way through the pathway of mental health so um, hopefully we're here to make that a little bit easier for people to help them with support referral and information Michelle that sounds fantastic um, as someone who's participated in ARCVIC for uh, on and off over several years, I think it's a fabulous organisation and I look forward to more coming out of ARCVIC in the coming years. Would you like to share with us some contact phone numbers for people mm-hmm. who might be interested? Look, anyone that's wanting to ring our helpline, um, the help, they can ring the helpline on 1300 269 438. Um, and that's a cost of a local call. Um, and also they're able to check out the website on www.artvic, that's A-R-C-V-I-C dot Thank you, Michelle. Well, perfect timing. Thank you again, Michelle. And uh, look, it's uh, just about the end of our show. So um, just to let you know, you can listen to podcasts of our show at any time. Uh, you can go to 3cr.org.au and iTunes, of course. Send us feedbacks, thoughts, or just get in contact especially if you have a story, suggestions or topic you'd like to share, email us at brainwaves at mifellowship.org or post to brainwaves at 3CR, Post Office Box 1277, Collingwood, Victoria 3066. Uh, So thanks again for listening and be sure to tune in next Wednesday afternoon at 5pm to 3CR for another episode of Brainwaves. Stay tuned. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.